Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and with my esteemed colleague, Shannon Warden. Always, Hello, Bob. Shannon. Bob. Yeah, always. We're doing esteemed. it again, Bob. We do, we are. Here we are. We, are. Oh, we, we found ourselves here all the time. We have a good time, and we it's have fun. important people with us. We do, and people, friends. I, I love these people. Yes. And this special one today, Dr. Jennifer Rogers. We Hello. I'm glad to be here. We are We're always glad, glad you're here. to have you in the in the space with us. Um, Bob, we got a, a cool shot here. We're going to talk 10 minutes or so with Jennifer about what she's doing. She's working on some cool stuff. You ready? Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Let's hear Jennifer, it. give us the headlines. What's new? Okay, so I am. Uh, do I need to say who I am? I will you say are. who I am. Yeah. You do. So Come I'm on. the. Um, I'm an assistant professor here in the department, and I am working on uh, several projects. Uh, working a lot, but that's that's the zeitgeist, right? Everybody mm-hmm. is working all the time. Yeah. So I have. Uh, couple of different areas of research inquiry going on. One that's taking a lot of it that I'm engaging in a lot right now is uh, my supervision research. Mm. And I'm with uh, some colleagues from other universities. We're looking at uh, variables that influence students' ability to receive and integrate corrective feedback during supervision. Now, for people that don't know, supervision is the process that counselors in training and hopefully uh, counselors for yes. the rest of their career Absolutely. engage in as they try yes. to improve their skills. <laughs> we hope so. yes. And uh, what this involves is sitting with a clinical supervisor and reviewing your clinical work with clients. Figuring out ways to improve, improving your case conceptualizations, um, your skills, all the different parts that uh, hopefully result in efficacious counseling. Mm. And so, just like with any skill, you have to get feedback on your way to becoming competent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not self-taught. So this is just a, this is sort of a necessary process in developing, on the way to developing competence in any domain mm-hmm. is this receiving of feedback. But we know that people have a lot of reactions to receiving feedback. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me, bro. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. um, or ma'am. Whoever. Whoever. <laughs> whoever is doing the Person, judging. Yeah. Um, and that what my research is looking at is um, variables that influence mm. uh, people's experience, particularly their emotional experience of receiving feedback, and the, the order in which those uh, variables play out. So... I have a study that just came out last month in the um, journal Counselor Education and Supervision, which is one of our professional journals, that looks at difficulty with corrective feedback, so how hard it is Mm -hmm. for a person to receive 
corrective feedback during supervision. So, you know, it's usually not that hard to get positive feedback. Yeah. Some Thank people, you. I'll yeah. take more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there yeah. Is, though some people do have right. difficulty with that too. And we see that with students. So this, sure. this need to develop your confidence, your sense of self-efficacy, to believe that you really are doing something well. Yeah. But, but there are a whole other set right. of issues around hearing that you need to work on something. Because the truth is, as you set it up, there's so much that we need to work on. And, yes. And, you know, Bob, obviously, the, mm-hmm. we're telling students this all the time oh, in the absolutely. program. All three of us supervise students. And, you know, you, you, we try to build, much like the, the parallel in the counseling relationship, we're trying to build a working alliance. And absolutely. And trying to build, you know, support mm-hmm. and uh, really preface it in a positive way, that there is positive regard. But the reality is what you're talking about, Jennifer. There's still going to be... Uh, those factors that f- that feed into what um, fear or uncertainty. Yes, um, all of those of being things. Judged. And that you know, when I work with my interns um, in supervision here um, in the program, you know, this is one of the things that I point out is that the process that we're engaging here in supervision, there are many, many ther- um, therapeutic parallels to the counseling process and that um, my, as a supervisor, you know, my willingness and ability to offer constructive feedback in a way that um, is useful and helpful for students. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what we're in many ways helping the students learn to do as counselors. That's what we do with clients as well is, is offer feedback. There's a difference is doesn't have this um, overt kind of pedagogical teaching or objective. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Or evaluative, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, you know, especially in supervision, I'm giving a grade. But um, the processes are the same in in many ways. But mm-hmm. so what we found uh, looking at um, a sample of graduate counseling students is that um, significant um, proportions of uh, the variance in people's level of difficulty with corrective feedback were predicted by their um, levels of attachment anxiety mm-hmm. and their use of cognitive distortions. So I really love my research. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, you, so these are such, so these, yeah, and yeah, these are, these are really sense. foundational constructs in the psychological literature, okay? Yeah. So yes. if we think about attachment, that's, um, you know, John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth, their groundbreaking work regarding how um, our relational patterns that are set up in infancy and early childhood are um, enduring, and they play out in our adult relationships. And uh, so attachment anxiety, which can be um, simply con- conceptualized as fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. uh, makes it harder to receive corrective feedback. So this makes some um, really intuitive sense. Uh, I'm not aware of anyone that had research it in the way that, that we did. But you can imagine that it, that if you're a person who, there's actually a lot of people that are drawn to counseling who uh, may have these patterns, mm-hmm. a, a sense of, um, you know, wanting to check in with others, this, this uh, some levels of nervousness around 
uh, our relationship and, and are we okay? Is our relationship okay? It can, yeah. it can manifest in a very um, uh, caring way, actually, in adulthood. But there is still this underlying um, concern. And, and so intuitively, this wasn't found specifically in the research, but, you know, I'm making leaps here because it's a podcast. But that, that if, if <laughs> you've got... It's place to make leaps. That's it right, is. it is. It is. So if you've got this attachment anxiety when you hear negative feedback from your supervisor, that gets activated. Right, this fear that yeah. like you don't like me anymore, maybe our relationship is not okay. So we found that that attachment anxiety predicted um, increased difficulty with corrective feedback. We also found that increased use of cognitive distortions predicted um, difficulty with corrective feedback. Now, cognitive distortions this is another just foundational construct in the literature. It's based in cognitive behavioral theory, but it's errors in thinking that we make that then have um, emotional and mm -hmm. behavioral consequences. So things like overgeneralization or um, personalizing or um, discounting the positive, uh, catastrophizing. These are all kinds of ways that we can receive information and then um, make negative judgments about it. And that also predicts um, difficulty with corrective feedback. So the more you the more you use cognitive distortions, the greater difficulty you're going to have with corrective feedback. Mm. We also found that attachment anxiety predicted the increased use of cognitive distortions. Now if you think about the way okay. people develop over time, this also makes sense. So I've got this kind of unconscious nervousness about relationships and then you know as my go through human development I start engaging in more conscious cognitions more of those errors in thinking the cognitive distortions may come into play and so in the article that just got published it was a mediation model where it showed that the attachment anxiety led to an increase and cognitive distortions, which led to increased difficulty with corrective feedback. And continuing along this line of research, we're now looking at um, the specific feelings that are triggered with uh, cognitive distortions and how that might play out. But I'm really excited about ultimately how this can um, we can use it in supervision to help people mm. increase their ability to receive corrective feedback. And also it's a really useful, these are useful constructs to bring into the supervision mm -hmm. process because these are things that are influencing the general public's functioning, their ability to, to right. receive mm -hmm. feedback all Important for ethical, competent care. And mm -hmm. um, I think too, Bob, it's, it sounds like, you know, just bringing transparency, much like a, um, demystifying the process mm -hmm. for the the student counselor. So mm -hmm. students or potential students that may be listening to this, you know, if, if I'm them, because I've been a them before. We've yes. all been them. We've all been them. Right. You know, I'm thinking, oh, been shoot, there. corrective feedback. Yeah. What? Oh, my gosh. I'm just not going to go in there and, and <laughs> magically well, become we, a counselor. Right. You're going to get but, some feedback. <laughs> but that's something that's unique and, and very special about the counseling profession here at Wake Forest with the Masters in Counseling and 
for clinical mental health and for school counselors. And anytime mm-hmm. the students want to say, you know, what's, what's different about this? And I'll say, well, the feedback that you usually get from them, a lot of your academic work has been on grades or your participation and such things like that. But here, you're going to be receiving feedback, corrective feedback that will help you grow. And we want to train exceptional counselors in the field. And that's one way that you do grow is get that, yeah. receive that kind of feedback. So be open to that. And so it's, it's kind of a learning curve sometimes for some of our students. And I'd get so excited about this because I, I, I like the attachment theories because I worked, that, worked with that with couples for years with the EFT models and such. But I have found that in supervision and you are putting some research to it now that yes. I so appreciate because I've been sitting there at times with, with the students and just hearing you know, them talk about something and getting ready to get feedback. And I'm thinking, well, okay, that's an anxious avoidant. It, yes. you know, that's a secure attachment that they're coming from. That's, a, that's an insecure attachment. And, and so it's, 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 they, they show up. Absolutely. And, and with the cognitive distortions to add to that, it's mm-hmm. just it's exceptional. So, Jennifer, I'm excited yeah, well, about Well, thank this. you. I'll yeah. give you a copy of my article. Please, please, and, please. Well, you're saying, you said it's counseling, education, and supervision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Counseling. That's right. And so that would have been um, March the of March, 2019. March 2019. So if folks can find it's it, it's in a scholarly journal, but also if they come to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling, they can be supervised by Dr. Jennifer Rogers. <laughs> the yes. one and only. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> And feel her passion. Feel the passion for supervision because it's clear. Yes, I love it. And and it's this thing, too, about, you know, what you're really bringing on, bringing up into the discussion and that to speak about it really in kind of non-academic terms, you know, to become a counselor, you're really going to need to work through your issues Mm -hmm. if you think you're going to help other people work through their issues. And that one of the way, one of the opportunities during the training process where your issues may come up is in supervision. And I just really want to normalize this process, that it's not something to lean away from, it's something to lean into. You know, we all have a growth edge, and the trick is to identify it and grow from there. Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that, you know, maybe you're a person that's just, you know, waiting to hear what's wrong and then you just are going to attack it and try to fix it or maybe you're really afraid to hear what's wrong because you think it means people won't like you but Mm -hmm. either of those extremes have things to work on you know some some the nature of some intrapersonal growth is that sometimes it can't be solved by a to-do list it has to it takes time and it takes loosening your grip a little bit, um, releasing a little bit of control about what the outcome is going to be. I think what's happening in my mind as you speak there is, I think this would be encouraging to students, Bob, now and future mm-hmm. students, is, or really all of us. I mean, take the student piece out, even, you know, as counselors. As but yeah, yeah, that it's not a, a one-time corrective feedback. It's a corrective experience. Right. You know, it's really a, a nice. much extended That's experience. Say that. Yes. Yeah. And such is life. Right. Right. Like this yeah. is all these these processes that get um, triggered in us. We're looking at it through a, at a through a particular lens related to a particular population related to a particular process. But the more that I this is one of the things I love about being a counselor and a counselor educator at Wake Forest is that um, as part of my job. I get to engage in the self-reflection and personal growth and relational growth that I am also trying to share with others. Mm. And the more 
I do this work and just live as a person, I recognize that this sort of learning is completely transferable. It applies to so many other situations. And so it's, uh, it's exciting. I, I hope right now we're still just focusing on master's level counselors and training, but I'm hopeful that in the future we can expand this research to more general populations because I think, like yeah. I said, that receiving feedback is something that happens all through life mm-hmm. and to understand mm-hmm. more the hows and whys of one's particular reactions to it can really open you up to increased growth. Yeah, and you know, not only for the average uh, person, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, y'all could take this into the business world, you could take it into the education world. Absolutely, yes. You know, of, of and equipping both sides, you know, the giver of the feedback mm-hmm. and the receiver of the feedback mm-hmm. um, to make it as transparent, as purposeful, productive, et cetera, uh, yes. as possible. And I talked about that when I did, I did a, um, I was invited to speak at the New Ideas series, mm-hmm. um, very which good is talk. A, thank yes. you. <laughs> New, which is a university-wide symposium, and you only get eight minutes, which mm-hmm. I've already used up eight minutes <laughs> here. So it was a, had a very quick <laughs> amount of time to talk about my research, and you know, it was primarily for an audience of faculty members, but to talk about, you know, like if your students are having difficulty getting feedback from you, understand that there's a lot going on there. There's more. Whatever you can pick up on the surface, there's definitely more happening underneath right. that. And some um, awareness of that is going to uh, shape the interaction, mm-hmm. which will then shape the outcomes. In so, both people. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's it. My like, own attachment absolutely. and my yes. own distortions. You know, yes. the, the intersection. Yeah. yeah, the intersectionality. It all that. goes both ways. Right. And that's, uh, I'll come back later and come talk back. about how I think everything is relational. Bob. Love to hear it. She's got to go. But I that mean, was amazing. That was amazing. Was, that We're was. bringing her back. <laughs> and so um, just to remind folks, this is the Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. Bob, we love our programs. We We've do. got the clinical mental health counseling, school counseling, master's degrees. We've got them both on campus here and online programs. And um, I hope and I believe we're doing we're doing them well. And you hear that in Dr. Jennifer Rogers' voice and her heart today. You know, yes. it's investment. And I, I really believe that's a – if I were to give uh, words, you know, to try to really boil it down, I would put investment as one of the top words – we are invested um, in our program and our students so that they can go out and thrive as professionals and as people. We hope both. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Jennifer Rogers, everybody. Bob. Yes. We did it. We did it again.